We Infuse Podcast, episode number 63. Welcome to the We Infuse Podcast. My name is Amanda Brummett. In every episode, we give you a seat at the table as we talk to Infusion Center owners, operators, and experts so you can get the insight you need to run a thriving practice. In this episode, we talk with Dr. Julie Cothran, Senior Director, Clinical Services of McKesson. Julie is going to tell us about McKesson and We Infuse's new integration, which streamlines insurance eligibility, scheduling, nursing notes, and even orders integration. Well, Julie, thank you so much for being here with us today. We really appreciate you. We know how busy you are, and probably especially this time of year. So thank you for taking time for us. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, I would love to start with you sharing with our listeners uh, a little bit about your background and how you got into the infusion industry and specifically McKesson. Sure. Well, to, to start with my background, we have to go back about four decades. Uh, <laughs> as a 15-year-old, when I decided to start working at an independent uh, pharmacy in my hometown, um, it was a, a great experience. We didn't have the soda counter. You know, we didn't have the soda fountain, but we had all the other oh. things of, typical small town independent pharmacies had, uh, even though I wasn't allowed at 15 back behind the counter to count pills or anything like that, I typically wrapped gifts, you know, sold cigarettes and greeting cards, but it still gave me a love wait, wait, for pharmacy. Wait, a 15-year-old and, sold and, cigarettes? Yeah, that, was, <laughs> that was back in the day, you know. Um, yeah, the thought that a pharmacy would sell cigarettes at all today was like, oh my goodness. But yeah, I did. Uh, but I cultivated a love, you know, of, of just pharmacy in general. I loved working with the people, you know, I loved as the patients came in, just seeing those relationships between the pharmacists and the people. So um, when time came around for me to decide what to do in college, I was like, you know, it was a no-brainer. I was going to pharmacy school. So I did that. And then when I graduated in the early 90s, there were two roads, you know, available. At least I thought there were only two roads available to a graduating pharmacist at that time, and it was the hospital road or the retail road. Um, I chose the retail road, uh, which I stayed on for actually several years. Um, start, then I got married, started having children. You know, I have two sons and kind of did a little part-time retail in there while they were very small. And then when my youngest son uh, started preschool, I decided it was time to ramp my career back up. So I kind of started looking for other things outside of retail and landed in a large cancer center uh, here in Memphis, uh, you know, started working there as a pharmacist, loved that, you know, I had not been in oncology. I mean, when I was in pharmacy school, there weren't even, but probably a handful of oncology drugs. So this was really exciting to start learning, uh, you know, this whole space. And so after I worked there uh, a little while, I ended up being promoted into the role of um, director of pharmacy operations. We had nine different sites, so I oversaw all of the, um, you know, nine infusion sites, the uh, all of the pharmacy operations for those, and that was just a great experience. Um, then about eight years ago, um, decided to change over and start working for McKesson. I had been a McKesson customer. I loved McKesson, loved the people that I worked with, and um, I had the opportunity to not only work remote, but then also to work with, with national accounts and, and kind of keep learning. So I, I changed over to McKesson about eight years ago, um, started as a regional director of clinical services, and then now um, I'm currently the national director of clinical services. So I manage a, a team of pharmacists um, that support physician-owned community practices as well as infusion centers. 
we're typically only in the specialty space. So uh, we work mainly with oncologists, uh, rheumatologists, gastroenterologists, neurologists, you know, the, all the specialties, as well as the um, AICs, the Amy Infusion Centers, uh, and, and other infusion centers. So I'm um, really enjoying it. I love my, I love my, love my position. What an incredible career. And I love that your your early, early, early career job inspired the next 40 years. That's incredible. It did. I've never looked back. You know, I really, I love being a pharmacist. I always have. And I'm just thankful that I've had the opportunity to, I guess, advance down a different career path. You know, not that I loved retail when when I was in it, but I love, you know, I've, I've loved the different steps along the way and learning infusion as well. Yeah, that's fantastic. Well, Julie, with all of that expertise, what would you say is your main area of expertise? And then what do you want our We Infuse listeners to learn from you today? You know, Amanda, that's kind of hard to pinpoint, you know, to say what's our my main area of expertise. Um, as I said, I do have a team now um, that I lead, and our team wears a lot of different hats. Um, we're clinical subject matter experts. Um, we typically support our GPO and sales teams. Um, lately, we've been working with oncology practices with regulatory support. I don't know if you're familiar with USP 797, USP 800. Um, that both of those just went live um, at the beginning of November. So we've done a lot of work with oncology practices around you know that regulatory support. We focus, as you can imagine, we focus a lot on clinical education. Um, but I, I do think that the true strength and differentiation of our team is that we've all come out of practices. So we all have firsthand knowledge and experience of working in a practice or, or an infusion center as a pharmacist. So because of that, I would say a lot of our focus ends up being on operational support and improvement. Um, you know, just as an example, um, I'm sure everyone at this point is familiar with biosimilars. Um, if you're not familiar with biosimilars, I'm not sure where you've been for the last five years. <laughs> but, you know, when biosimilars first came out, um, there was a hesitancy uh, in some spaces to use them. You know, physicians weren't as sure, you know, if if they truly were going to be, um, give the same clinical results. Of course, we know based on their approval that they are expected to be highly similar and to give the same clinical results. Um, as the reference product. But we did have some hesitancy. We saw some hesitancy. And so we actually participated in a five-part biosimilar masterclass, you know, to help educate practices. We started with the foundation and science behind biosimilars, you know, just to help physicians have that comfort level with Mm -hmm. using the the, the product. And then we covered topics like operational readiness and payer strategy. Um, So even though the drugs are approved based on that high similarity, you know, for the reference product, and the expectation that they do provide the same uh, clinical outcome. You know, they're not generic, so you can't just treat them as generic. They have to be handled differently. Um, operationally, they have to be handled differently. So it was important that we had real robust edu- um, education and that our clinics understood that that needed to extend throughout the clinic or infusion center from how they needed to be built. You know, these products mm-hmm. having unique few codes. They're not built with the same codes. The reference drugs, you know, are are built with, and and all the way through to you know reconsenting your patients. You know, do you need to let your patients know, hey, you know, now we're going to use this new drug called biosimilar. You have to educate the patients as well and make sure that they're comfortable, uh, you know, in the product. So, so your comfort then typically will translate into comfort for the patient. 
Yeah, for sure. I can see how that's yeah. a huge Lengthy strength. Lengthy answer for one area of expertise, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think that's a great answer. A great answer. I was going to say, you also asked what's one thing that I wanted we infuse listeners to learn um, yes. you know, from that area of expertise. And so I know we'll talk more about this as, as we go on, but I think it's important um, for everyone to understand that small improvements in efficiency and operations can lead to overall improvements in safety and quality of care, as well as to worker satisfaction. Absolutely. Especially in the infusion industry, those micro changes and things that happen can have such a huge impact on the patient outcome. So I love that. Yeah, I can give you one other example of that if you you don't mind, but recently um, a practice that asked us to do some process review. They had had a couple of near misses with some mixing errors, um, actually almost, you know, getting into the patient, did it thankfully, but then they also did end up wasting some drug. You know, they had some drug that was mixing correctly, end up having to waste. And so um, one of my team members and I went in, you know, walked through what their processes were. We looked at how they were, were doing everything. And we saw that, you know, they had the processes in place. They had the SOPs written. They knew what was supposed to be followed, but they weren't following those processes. And why were they not following the processes? Well, the second check, the person that was supposed to be going in to do the second check, that required that they garb up. You know, every time something was mixed, they had to put on the gown. This was chemo, right? They had to put on the gown. They had to put on the gloves. They had to put on the shoe covers. They had to put on the air cover to go into the mixing room, which is kind of a laborious process. And so they were kind of skipping over that step when they were busy or distracted. And so we connected them with an outside vendor, you know, that has a Mm -hmm. verification system where they could use an iPad. So now they can just take pictures there in the hood, send those back out. The pharmacist doesn't have to garb up anymore. That verification can take place outside of the room. So not only is it safer, but it also in the long run will end up saving money by preventing that drug waste. So even though it sounds like, you know, hey, we're paying on the on the front end for this system in the long run, it will end up helping them. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what process improvement is all about. So right. as our listeners think about McKesson, you're a huge organization, um, just, you know, vast scope of everything that you guys do. Um, and you're fairly unique in the infusion space. Can you share with our listeners a little bit about um, what makes you guys unique in the infusion space? You know, I don't want to sound cliche when I say this, but I truly believe that our people are our biggest differentiator. Mm-hmm. Um, one of McKesson's focus statements is that we improve care in every setting, one product, one partner, and one patient at a time. And, you know, going back to what I said about my team's background and, and also because we're customer-facing, we have the unique opportunity to see those day-in and day-out struggles, and then we can help find solutions for those struggles. McKesson has some great technology solutions that are our own, but then we also partner with outside vendors like we infuse to expand options for our customers. And then, of course, a big piece, um, you know, on my side is that our GPO team works very closely with Biopharma to be able to offer different city contracts that bring value to our customers. Awesome. I love that. So, Julie, you've 
had the opportunity to look at a ton of infusion centers across the country. What would you say is one of the biggest challenges that they face? And and if you can give us a specific, you know, maybe behind the scenes look, that would be great. You know, this is probably not something that would maybe would not immediately come to mind when you think about an, an infusion center, but I would have to say burnout among the staff. Um, you know, during the mm-hmm. COVID years, I started researching both burnout and compassion fatigue in healthcare. And I don't know, you know, how familiar you are with the difference, but, you know, compassion fatigue is a specific type of burnout. And that's what I saw, you know, when I was in the oncology clinic, I saw that a lot. But it's an extreme state of tension and preoccupation with the suffering of, of those that are being helped to the degree that it's traumatizing for the helper. Um, it's sometimes referred to as the cost of caring for others in emotional pain. Um, so, of course, you know, I saw that a lot in oncology. But burnout is a little bit different because it's an occupational-related syndrome. Um, it's typically characterized by physical and emotional exhaustion. Uh, cynicism and a low sense of professional accomplishment. And then we see that that, that leads to decreased effectiveness at work. Um, it's typically, burnout's typically a response to work stressors, you know, such as staffing, workload, or inadequate resources. Um, there's also the perception of a skewed work-life balance, you know, that, that leads to burnout. And then we typically see that leading to symptoms that I mentioned, like the exhaustion, the diminished morale, and then you start seeing the outcomes of the burnout, which can be medication errors, like I mentioned earlier, you know, decreased empathy, and then even the changing of career path. You know, we've, we've seen kind of a mass exodus of nurse, nurses, physicians, pharmacists, you know, other healthcare workers that are getting out of the field, you know, due to, you know, due to burnout. Um, and I think most of the research, I actually just read an article, um, sorry, I forgot the publication, but just last week, um, that points to administrative burden being one of the biggest drivers of burnout in healthcare workers. And so I think that the we infuse McKesson integration is one solution for alleviating some of that administrative burden. Wow. That is definitely something we hear across all industries. And and I'm glad you mentioned it for infusion, especially since our people are so highly specialized and they're working with patients that are often really, really sick. Um, both that burnout mm-hmm. and compassion fatigue are real. Um, and there is such an immense administrative burden um, across the spectrum. Um, so right. that is incredible. Well, I'd love to hear about ways you think we can combat that um, and and definitely tell us about the We Infuse McKesson integration for sure. Sure, sure. So, you know, there are some great features of We Infuse that improve efficiency. The one of the things that I love is the real-time insurance eligibility. You know, I mean, this is huge because when you build something incorrectly on the front end, is it you know it's not only costly but it's time-consuming to go back and correct those. Um, the just the the fact that you can that the, the you know healthcare workers can look into the WMP system and see real-time insurance eligibility is huge. I actually can give a real life testimonial to that today. My mother is at my 84 year old, sweet 84 year old mother is supposed to be having back surgery this morning. And she was called at about four o'clock yesterday afternoon saying that they had failed to get the pre-cert done, uh, you know, no. for her to have the surgery this morning. So it's very important 
that, uh, you know, practices and, and clinics and infusion centers stay up to, um, you know, have know what that insurance eligibility is, that those pre-certs are done, that those mm-hmm. prior authorizations have been done and those and the, the medications have been approved. Um, it had the, the chair-based scheduling, uh, you know, is, is a huge uh, plus for the for the software as well as the medic-specific nursing mode. Now that they're integrated with the RX toolkit, there's um, you know some great clinical education uh, and notes that the nurses have access to through WMG. But I'm most excited to tell you about the orders integration uh, that's between WMG and McKesson. So, again, from personal experience, uh, coming out of a practice, one of our, the most laborious manual processes that we did every day, I mean, this is something we did every day, was a manual chart review. Um, so we would print the schedule, you know, who's coming in the next day, who's on the schedule, who's scheduled for infusion, and then had to go into each individual patient within the EMR to look and see which specific drugs they were scheduled to receive then we had a piece of typing paper with our 3550 drugs, you know, written down. And we did little tick marks or whatever those are called, you know, so we knew how many vials of flint strength to order so that we had enough for the next day or the following day or three days out, you know, whatever we were ordering for. So um, it's super exciting that now practices and infusion centers can benefit from predictive inventory management. So, their orders through WMGs and through this integration, they can quickly be generated and based on scheduling. Um, you know, they also have the option to maintain PAR levels on some drugs if they, if, you know, if they desire to do that. But they're able to generate um, predictive ordering info through the specific dates that they choose. So if, you know, if they want to order out for two days, order out for three days, or just order for tomorrow. One thing we see is that due to the high cost of a lot of these specialty biologics, um, it's kind of a best practice to limit the amount of inventory sitting on shelves. Um, it becomes very costly, you know, if unused drug becomes expired. So a lot of clinics and infusion centers operate on what we call just-in-time inventory. So because McKesson is now part of We Infuse's Distributor Connect program, we have that integration that allows customers to, customers to submit drug orders directly through We Infuse instead of having to take extra time to log into the customer center through the McKesson website. So less click means increased efficiency, increased efficiency, less burnout. Um, win-win, right? Yeah, I love it. I mean, what I'm hearing is it's better for patients because they're not going to get canceled on the day before their procedure. I'm sorry that happened to your mom. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm hearing less work for the team and more integration to where people aren't hand keying things, which tells me we're going to have less errors, which is always a beautiful thing. That's right. That's right. Another um, great thing with we infuse going back to even medication errors, you know, it's the nurses as they're pulling out or dispensing, you know, getting the the drug ready, pharmacist, whoever is, is doing that task of getting the, the infusion ready for the patient, you know, we infuse tells them exactly which vials to use, um, you know, to, to make to add that admixture. So that cuts down also on the risk of not only medication errors in, to the patient, but also, you know, billing errors, which is what we see more often where the wrong size vial 
is pulled and used, and then the insurance company will kick it back and say, you know, no, you should have used this size and this size together. You build for too much. You know, you've got too much waste. So that's also a nice feature. Absolutely. Saving our centers money and hopefully saving patients money too. Absolutely. All right, Julie. Well, that sounds like an amazing integration um, that is going to save people money and hopefully help with less work for the staff, um, which I'm hearing is going to fix burnout for healthcare. Let's just say it. That's right. (laughs) Um, So you've had this lengthy and rich experience in the infusion industry. What would you say has been your biggest light bulb moment through that? You know, I'm not sure if it's actually a light bulb moment, but one thing I can say is that I've seen definitely seen growth in infusion practices from year to year. Um, You know, it's a 100 billion plus infusion therapy market and it's going to continue to grow. Um, Why is it going to continue to grow? You know, the aging of the American population, we're seeing a rise in chronic diseases and we're also seeing the approval of new and novel treatments. You know, like I said at the beginning of the podcast, when I was in pharmacy school, you know, none of these biologics exist. Um, So it's, you know, that we've got so many more treatment options than we, and every year that, that increases. So, and, and not only that, but many of these treatments for chronic diseases last years, if not for a lifetime. So, um, you know, we're, we're going to continue to see uh, the infusion, uh, you know, growth in infusion practices. And not only that, but we're also seeing a shift from hospital sites of care to outpatient settings for infusion. So, you know, as I said earlier, my team, we, we, we support community-owned. We support the non-hospital-based uh, infusion centers, and we are definitely seeing shifts, uh, you know, from hospitals. You know, why is that? Payers are seeing the cost-effectiveness in shifting the side of care to physician clinics and ambulatory infusion centers. And I think, I mean, I would be remiss if I didn't also point out that it's better, that, you know, we have better patient convenience and improved access to therapy. Um, you know, when the patient is shifted to those outpatient settings. Yeah, absolutely. There's a time and a place to have an infusion in a hospital, but if I ever need one, I'd like to do it in a comfortable outpatient setting, please. That's right. So um, you've shared a lot about your, your passion for patients, your passion for practices. What are you most excited about in the industry right now? You know, with the increase of patients that are being funneled into the outpatient space, I think these environments could be more appealing as a workplace to nurses, to pharmacists. Um, you know, technology advancements um, like those we see with WMDs can help improve those operational efficiencies, you know, and decrease burnout and improve clinical outcomes. And I believe that most nurses and pharmacists see that career path that they chose in order to positively impact patients' lives. You know, and this is the piece of the job that brings meaning and purpose uh, and improved technology that, that streamlines those administrative tasks will allow the nurses to devote more time and attention to the patient. You know, and that, that's a win-win for both the nurse and the patient. So, um, I mean, I'm just excited that, that there are settings like this where healthcare workers can can really use their skills and be able to treat patients and not just spend all their time on administrative tasks. 
That is actually really exciting. And and how odd that we're talking about that. It's exciting that pharmacists and nurses can get back to what they love, taking care of patients. Um, That's right. But yeah, we, we're, we're, we're seeing a swing in healthcare where we're re-emphasi- re-emphasizing that. So yeah, great answer. All right, Julie, what is one last piece of advice that you would give to the We Infuse listeners? You know, I think I would just probably reiterate what I said earlier in the podcast about those small improvements in efficiency mm-hmm. and operations leading to overall improvements in the safety and quality of care. And then as well as worker satisfaction, since we talked about burnout. Um, I just I would encourage your listeners to look for those areas where improvements can be made and then start taking those steps to make those improvements. You know, look for that low-hanging fruit. You know, start there and and just, um, you know, start making steps to improve. I love that. Julie, I thought I came on here today to talk to you about technology. And what I personally am walking away with is uh, lots of, of warm and fuzzy feelings about you know, building a team and and those tiny ripple effects that we have. And so I just, I love the way that you approach infusion and, and the way that you're, you're utilizing technology to truly make healthcare better and make the journey better for the patient, the nurse and the pharmacist. That's, that's incredible. Well, thank you, Amanda, for having me on there. And, and, you know, hopefully if nothing else came out, it, it, it is my passion, you know, for, for healthcare, my passion for you know my 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 job as a pharmacist and and just knowing yes we're a distributor but at the end of the day you know there's a patient's name at the end of that drug you know the, mm-hmm. it's coming out of our distribution center but it's somebody's you know it's somebody's mother it's somebody's sister it's somebody's aunt it's somebody's best friend um, and I you know I know um, we've all got friends and family members that deal with chronic illnesses, you know, or cancer. And so um, I think in a roundabout way, you know, when, when any, anything that infusion centers can do uh, to optimize, to help healthcare worker satisfaction in the long run, it does end up helping the patients, right? Absolutely. For sure. Well, Julie, thank you for your time today and thank you so much for your passion. Thank you. Wow, that was great information from Julie Cawthorn of McKesson about utilizing technology to improve the experience for patients and their caregivers. I just love her passion around small operational efficiencies to positively impact patients, nurses, and pharmacists. Well, if you aren't already familiar with the We Infuse software platform and RX Toolkit's web-based resources, I encourage you to schedule a test drive and be sure to check out the McKesson integration during that test drive. These tools can save time and money in your practice while making infusions safer for patients and for caregivers. My name is Amanda Brummett, and we'll catch you in the next episode.